All of us know the story of Joseph of Egypt. All of us, you know, there, there are different plays, different stories. Children remember the story of Joseph. But today's gospel speaks of something that just goes beyond the brothers who were so jealous, wanted to kill him, and finally the oldest of the brothers saved him by selling him to the, to the Egyptians. There's something more here than this human weaknesses which seem to have prevailed over the brothers. Jacob's sons, there's 12 of them, and we know the, 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 the problems. But one thing about this gospel, uh, the first reading today, it speaks not of the extraordinary things. As you know, uh, in Egypt, you know, he was trying to be pulled aside by Pharaoh's wife to have relations with her, and then she was so mad, and she, uh, she accused him of such, and he was thrown into prison. But there's also more, obviously, the situation of him knowing the prophetic word, how to interpret dreams. All those things are there. But there's one aspect here which we, we hear from our reading is that he was led by God. God gave him these gifts. God protected him for something that he didn't even understand. God gave him special and extraordinary dream, uh, abilities even to interpret dreams not because to save him, but to save the descendants of Jacob, which is descendants of, of, the, of the people of God. He was the one who was sent ahead, so to speak, to prepare a home for the people of God because they didn't even know what will take place in the future. They did not know there would be a, a, grave, a great famine that all of, us, all of them could have died. They did not know that. And you see sometimes how God prepares, how God anticipates, how God kind of gives us some form of ex experiences, things like that, that we don't seem to understand at a the time they take place because God is a God of providence, God who cares, God who wants to keep us safe, wants to take us home. And so this is what we see here in that first reading. Yes, there's an exchange. You know, the, the brothers come without recognizing Joseph and purchase grain, food, because God gave Joseph to understand, you know, the seven lean years, uh, seven, you know, fat years and seven lean years, superabundance of, gra of grains that he was able to protect for seven years, there was a famine. Many people died. And the descendants, the, the brothers of Jacob, would have also died together with Jacob. So they go to Egypt, they purchase. They purchase the grain. But then Joseph recognizes them, and he asks him to do something special. He says, please bring your youngest brother and your father to me. And, and then when they talk, to Jacob, their father. Jacob says, no, I have Benjamin, the youngest one. He was the, the, the son of my, my wife, uh, Joseph's and Benjamin, the two children by that wife. He says, I don't want them. 
he's, I, can, I can't let him go because I already lost one son and I'm going to lose another one. So he does not wish to bring the family. And so they go back to, to purchase more grain, but they know that Joseph <coughs> is the equivalent of Pharaoh. And so if they, if they do not fulfill his wishes, then they, he will not sell him the grain and perhaps even punish them for, for disobedience. But here again, they do not know that it's Joseph who's there. And today's reading, uh, what takes place is Joseph recognizes them and he can't take it anymore. He starts, starts crying. He wants to share with them what happened. And of course, when he begins to share, share what happened, the brothers are, are very uh, apprehensive because they feel like he's gonna take advantage or take revenge on them, that he'll punish them for what they did to him, how they mistreated him, uh, you know, trying to kill him and or sell him, sell him to slavery. <clears throat> but this is what he says to them. There's a holiness in that man. He's filled with God's presence. So he's not thinking of revenge. He's not thinking of hate. He's not thinking of anything to do with his brothers, but he wants to even rescue them from their own apprehensiveness and says, you know, what you did, you didn't realize. But it was God who prepared me for the special mission to protect the family, to protect the people of the covenant. You didn't realize that. So he wants to rescue them even from, from, from the guilt and from the pain. He wants to, to make sure that they understand I'm Joseph. And then he continues, he says, my father's still in good health. Um, and the, the brothers could give him no answer, so dumbfounded were they at, at, at him. Come closer to me, he told his brothers. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you once sold into Egypt. But now do not be distressed and do not reproach yourselves for having sold me here. It was really for the sake of saving lives that God sent me here ahead of you. It was for the saving of the lives that God sent ahead of me, uh, ahead of you. I think that if we look at our own life, there's so many situations that occur, sometimes we do not know, situations that occur to our nation as well. Sometimes we cannot grasp. Yes, it's not because we were faithful. It's not because we were so good. It's often enough we're not faithful. And yet we see how when we entrust our life into God's hands, into his, his care, then God can transform evil into good. He'll do it for us, which means is accepting the Lord and placing ourselves at his, in his hands and really and placing every, all the events of our lives into his hands, God can transform it. And this is the, the wonderful thing about God. That's why we can never be in despair. That's why we can never be so sad and regret everything that's happened. You know, yes, we can say, Lord, forgive me for the things I've done. But when I say asking for the Lord for forgiveness, in a sense, I place everything into his hands at the same time because I'm entrusting it to him. So that's, that's, that's a very, very important thing because Joseph was a man of God and he understood God's ways. Joseph was a man of God that desired to do only his will and God was, has enabled him to do so. Now, the second aspect 
And, and you know, and I wish to not to say that all the events in our life have, have you know, they're, they're wonderful. No, no, they're, they're, they're difficult, they're painful. All the events are not there. However, God can transform them. God can transform, that's, that's the goal. And the second aspect today is from the Gospel of Matthew. The Lord says to his apostles, as you go, make this proclamation. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, so proclaim it. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons. Without cost you are received, you have received, without cost you are to give. So don't worry about you know, carrying money, don't worry about carrying additional clothing or whatever you need. Don't worry about that. Focus on the proclamation of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the things will be added onto you. So first to seek first. And this is where our, the right way of doing things is actually seeing first God's gifts that he wishes to bestow upon us, God's mission which he entrusts to us. And ultimately it is the Lord's gift of himself that is so important. You know, I was looking over the, you know, the, the Wacom 5, which was the uh, World Upstart Congress on Mercy, which took place in uh, Samoa. And I had the privilege of, of being there. And, and, um, and what I've noticed, though, is that in the middle of nowhere, God sent missionaries in 19th century. And that kingdom, which was proclaimed as the Lord says, go out and proclaim the kingdom, take care of the people. So they went out there, and 100 years later, 150 years later, you have people, men and women of God, who, who love the Lord, who were able to integrate their culture, their background into the gospel, see from the perspective of God. When they realize how important divine mercy message is and how many promises the Lord gives on account of honoring him and especially honoring him in the image, where the image is venerated, there's a grace that flows. 25 years ago, you know, uh, the, under the guidance of incredible bishop, poor faithful bishop, the people embraced it. They embraced this message. And, and so they, they have images, as I mentioned before, in every place, in their offices, government offices, uh, banks, wherever it is, in each one of those places, they have an image they honor the Lord in his mercy. They were able to integrate the faith, including the message of, 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 of the God's mercy, right into their lives, right into the daily life of each one of them, into their government, into their schools, into the every place where, where, where they, they, they associate or, or gather. Uh, so that, that's, that's, that's a powerful sign, and I was so moved by that, is because it's possible. And, and one of the... Uh, one of the lay people who was there, he says, you know, ever since we consecrated our homes to divine mercy and places and work, it's been 25 years and we were not really, we were not hit by cyclone. Cyclones before really destroying our island. And you know, I know that this is not magic, it's faith of the people. Will there be a cyclones in the future? Who knows, I do not know. But the fact is that they believe and they trust and they rely on God, they rely on this kingdom because the, God's kingdom is, this is where the Lord is. You know, St. Augustine wrote a, a, a very powerful book, known The Two Cities, City of God and City of Man. 
And in that city of God, we know where God is honored, where obedience to the commandments is lived, lived out, where sacraments are celebrated, where there's, there's a greater harmony, there's peacefulness. Although we are sinners, we're sinful, and yet the grace of God is able to transform us, to, to heal the wounds, to try you know, to overcome our own divisions and, and our own you know, particular uh, characteristics, personalities, whatever it may be. And he says, and there's also city of man. And the city of man is where people are, drive, are driven by, by the capital sins, you know, the, the jealousies, and they're driven by, by, by lusts, and they're driven by, by uh, uh, you know, avarice, uh, uh, all those things which actually are destroying people. And so, so allowing God, allowing His grace, to come into us is actually heals that which the city of man offers to us. And the farther we, we, we run away from God, then this, the, the worse it gets because the capital sins seem to take over more and more. There's no way to confront them. There's no way to eliminate them. And so this is what we have before us. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God has been given to us. His word has been given to us. The Eucharist has been given to us. The power of the Holy Spirit is given to us. We have everything at our disposal. So allowing it to, to transform us slowly is what the Lord desires. And so that's why we cannot be as, as, as people without hope, because we have hope. You know, I, I, I spoke a couple of days ago with some families. I was visiting the elderly and, and you know, some of those friends who were, you know, who have been supporters of ours for many, many years. And you know, they're, they're kind of discouraged by things which they see. But I said, share with them, I said, you know, ultimately, yes, there's all kinds of things that we have to confront and we have to address, bring the truth out. But ultimately, we're, we already have won. The battle has been won. Jesus has won for us. You know, we already not only have hope, this sort of wishful thinking, but we have the reality. God has overcome all those things. If we don't listen to him, if we don't follow him, we only bring upon ourselves more suffering and more confusion and more difficulties. But we as people, our, our victory has been won. God has won on our behalf. Jesus has won. He has already risen from the dead. He has overcome sin. He has overcome evil. And, and uh, the closer we are to him, the more we participate in, in, his, in, his, in his grace, in his love, in his mercy to that degree, we're able to participate already in his victory. And we are able to participate in his hope and love. And we are able to follow the path until it leads us to salvation, to the glory of God, to the paradise prepared for us, for those who love him. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. 
Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.